goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, my friends, the number of days continues to wind down before we get to Christmas 2024. This week, two days from now, we are planning on speaking with Chip Davis from Mannheim Steamroller. You'll want to be here from that for that. I have a horrible head cold, so if I sound a little weird today, that's why. We'll try to press on anyway. These are the things that happen. Plenty in the news, of course, and if you want to be on the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-WABC. Lots of Joe Biden news out there and Joe Biden family news. We will get to some of that. Uh, a continuation of the story that broke late Friday night into early Saturday morning. And, of course, it was a doozy of a story. What took place in the Senate building? And uh, there are further details. It is believed that one of these... Okay. Let me just make sure you all know what happened in the Senate building. I'm assuming everybody has heard of it by this point. Diego, you know what happened in the Senate building over the weekend? Yes, I do. I heard it as soon as I got off work on Friday. That's that's when the news broke, and I was like, "Man, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not working for this because they must have talked about it all weekend, right?" Uh, they it, it was it was uh, it was a big story in some circles. Well, let's face it; it's not every day that two guys go. Go go um, go go at it with each other. Um, one was I forgot the terminology. A twink, uh, a self-described twink, and the other was a bear. The the the, the, the I twink. It's, I I guess I don't know where the term originated. I'm told it's a horrible children's book, but twink and bear. So Twink and Bear met in the Senate and did the grown-up. And uh, it was, and filmed it. And then passed it around, apparently, to a group of Senate staffers who are of similar persuasion. These were both men. And I have only, I, I folks, I do not seek out this stuff. I do not want to see it. I'm content with reading the uh, news coverage of it, and some, and don't wish I. There are some stories I wish I didn't see. You can't unsee them in the news after you read them. And this story was very detailed, and it was either Daily Mail or one of the other papers had a picture that was taken, a still from the uh, alleged from the movie, from the porno movie, the amateur pornographic movie that was made in Senate in the Hart Office Building. Have I been in the Hart Building? Yes, I have. <clears throat> yep. Hart Office Building is in very close proximity to Union Station. And so the senators, many senators retreat there. There's actually, I think, the hardest one that has the little subway 
that goes underground to takes them right into the Capitol. So the twink and the bear did the grown-up in the Senate hearing room, the judiciary room, and later <clears throat> over the weekend, Democrat, of course they're Dem- I shouldn't say of course, but of course they are Democrats. Ben Cardin announced that uh, a member of his staff had been fired. They don't go into any more details. And then some young man wrote out some very victim-sounding statement that he would never disrespect his workplace even though he had been fired. Apparently, if I have the story correctly, he would be the twink. So, the U.S. Capitol Police today, more news, are continuing to investigate the filming of a sex tape inside a prominent hearing room at the Hart Senate Office building. While there are currently no pending charges in the case, a security source did not rule out the possibility. Fox is told that the USCP, that would be the U.S. Capitol Police, is working on the case and views this more serious. They're saying this one is a case that they don't have to rush, but they're investigating it. The investigation comes after a staffer filmed an amateur pornography video inside a Senate uh, hearing room. The identities of the men in the video have not been confirmed. The Daily Caller, which broke the news of the video, reported that the footage was leaked. That wasn't the only thing leaking. In a chat that was shared in a private group for gay men in politics. So you see, there's their own little... Hi, we're never room two sixteen in the Hart Senate office building is a storied hearing room, and now they have one more story. The dais where the graphic video was filmed is a place from which U.S. senators have grilled high-profile presidential nominees, including those who would go on to become justices of the Supreme Court. So the next time the senators go and they sit down and put their hands on the table and, yeah, there's a possibility they could find all sorts of residues. Uh, Yes. Now, uh, Jonathan Turley has weighed in, and I must warn you, um, Jonathan Turley has cited the law in this instant, and the law is particularly, how shall we say, clear. So here's what Jonathan Turley says, that one possible charge could fall under D.C. Code Section 22-1312, which discusses lewd indecent or obscene acts. It is unlawful. We are reading now, by the way, from the law. So please keep in mind, we are. I am reading from the law. This is a Fox News story. This is not commentary. This is reading from the news. Again, this is not my commentary. 
This is reading from a news article that will define the law that may have been violated for you. Are we all clear on that? Good. Thank you. It is unlawful for a person in public to make obscene or indecent exposure of his genitalia or anus, to engage in masturbation, or to engage in sexual acts defined in 22-3001, paragraph 8. It is unlawful for a person to make obscene or indecent sexual proposals to a minor. A person who violates any provision of this section shall be guilty of a misdemeanor and upon conviction shall be fined not more than the amount set forth in 22-3571.01, imprisoned for not more than 90 days or both. So I guess if they find Twink and Bear, Twink and Bear, it's not like a felony, Twink and Bear will only serve if convicted and if sentenced to the maximum time. They'll be out in 90 days and they'll be, behind, they'll be both Twink and Bear behind bars where I guess, depending on which bars they're behind, some of this behavior might be considered normal. I don't, from what I've heard from different media programs over the years, I have no firsthand experience with these matters and don't expect I shall ever. So anyway, that's what was going on in your nation's capital over the weekend. Twink and Bear in the Senate. The Baston Globe, my friends, is demanding that Havid state clearly, unambiguously, that Havid University come clean and tell everybody if the president of Havid, Miss Gay, Claudine Gay is a plagiarist or not. They made several statements that made that alluded to her plagiarism, but they never came right out and said in unambiguous language, yes, she is a she she plagiarized. And the Baston Globe wants those good people up at uh Havid to uh come clean. Just come clean. Just tell us the truth. A new survey reveals that a majority of young American voters, keep in mind these are young voters, voters. A new survey reveals that a majority of young American voters believe that Jews should be treated as oppressors. That's in quotes. A majority of young American voters believe that Jews should be quote-unquote treated as oppressors and that Israel should, and this is another quote, that Israel should be ended and given to Hamas. A majority of young American voters believe the Israelis are oppressors, that that Israel should be uh, uh, completely overrun, and given the land given away to Hamas. The survey, conducted December and 14th by Havid Harris Polling, found that 51%, 51 
1.5% of respondents between the ages of 18 and 24 believe that the long-term solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is for, quote-unquote, Israel to be ended and given to Hamas and the Palestinians. Only 4% of Americans over the age of 65 responded that way. So if you want to see where the schism is, this wave of anti-Semitism that has surprised many, look at what's happening in these younger demographics and then ask yourself, where did they learn this? Where did they learn this? And the deeper question is, why? Why did they learn? Who has taught them? This. How did this, these beliefs that Israel should quote unquote be ended, ended and given to Hamas, the terror organization? Scary stuff. There is a lengthy article I will not have a chance to get to today in the New York Times. I grew up going to Uh, Grace United Methodist Church in St. Albans, Queens. And I remember all of a sudden we we were Methodist, and then I was a kid when all this happened, and then one day we were United Methodist, and and then there were these new, you know, kind of looky things on the, I guess, the branding. And so now it was United Methodist. Well... With deadline looming, says the New York Times, the United Methodist Church breaks up. A quarter, a full quarter of the denomination's churches have left. Why are they leaving? They are leaving over LGBTQ policies, the liberals, that have taken over many positions in the United Methodist Church, have demanded allegiance to their worldview, and those of the faithful who actually believe what many of us were taught in church ages ago, held on to those beliefs, and there is a schism. A quarter of the denomination's churches are now gone over these LGBTQ policies. There are a group of New York State Assembly officials who have decided they want to attack Chick-fil-A. You tell me why they want to attack Chick-fil-A after these details. Now, those of you who've been on the New York Thruway know you can stop at some centers, grab a bite to eat, do whatever, the service centers. Chick-fil-A has a few locations on the thruway. Chick-fil-A closes on Sunday. So on Sundays, Chick-fil-A is not open. And why does Chick-fil-A close on Sunday? Because they adhere to their religious principles. So this is what? You know these people are Democrats. You don't even have I didn't look. So if I'm wrong, I'm going to take a thumping on this. But I just can say this confidently. These have to be Democrats. They say, while there is nothing objectionable about a fast food restaurant closing 
on a particular day of the week, service areas dedicated to travelers is an inappropriate location for such a restaurant. That they are calling out Chick-fil-A. Publicly owned service areas should use their space to maximally benefit the public, allowing for retail space to go unused one-seventh of the week or more is a disservice and unnecessary inconvenience to travelers. Assemblyman Tony Simone is the guy that is leading the attack on Chick-fil-A. You know why. I don't have to tell you why they're leading this attack. Chick-fil-A closes on Sunday for a reason. And apparently, this is too much for Democrat Assemblyman Tony Simone to bear. So he and a bunch of other Democrats have gotten together, and now they're writing legislation to try to ice, put the cap on Chick-fil-A. The attacks on religious, religious people are endless. WABC Talk Radio 77. Diego. Yes. Santana. Yeah, we're playing Santana for Walfredo Reyes Jr., Cuban-American expert in drum set and auxiliary percussion. Uh, he is well known for having been a long-term member of Santana and a member of Chicago as a percussionist. Uh, they're percussionists from 2012 and tw- uh, to 2018 and also worked with Jackson Brown, Robbie Robertson, Lindsey Buckingham, and Boz Skaggs. Nice. Buzz Memories Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Your phone call is a big part of the show today, so... Give us a call as we head into Christmas on WABC. I've got a black magic woman, got me so blind I can't see. That she's a black magic woman, she's trying to make a devil Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today, Keith Richards, known as the Human Riff. Guitarist, of course, singer-songwriter, founding member of the Rolling Stone. 35 top 40 singles and albums. Rolling Stone magazine, which has an interesting history, says that uh, Keith Richards has created rock's greatest single, Body of Rips. Happy birthday to Keith Richards on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're going to head to the phones fairly soon. Uh, let's just for a minute talk about the Bidens. Uh, the New York Post editorial page has a story about Ashley Biden. 
This would be the daughter of Joe Biden, Ashley Biden. She has apparently not paid all her taxes. Now, she doesn't owe millions of dollars like Brother Hunter. She owes just five Gs. I mean, Joe and Hunter could get between them. That's just like a rounding error for the business that they do. It's paltry, says the New York Post editorial board, compared to the millions of dollars that Hunter failed to pay. Oh, Ashley Biden only owes the IRS five grand. But they say for the daughter of a man constantly droning on and on about the rich not paying their fair share of taxes, The irony is palpable. It is beyond disturbing to note that she, too, simply feels like the law does not apply to her, that she's above the law. She's a Biden. She doesn't have to pay what she owes. That is what the New York Post editorial board. Meanwhile, Circle back to Jinsaki. Jinsaki. The first Biden, a Biden press gal. Who, of course, went from the White House right to PMSNBC, their public relations outlet, one of them. She is lamenting, says Miss Saki. I'm going to characterize what she says. She's telling Hunter Biden to please shut your mouth. Please stop with these public, like he did this public press outing. She wishes that Hunter would shut up speaking in public. Oh, there's another shut up. Not the Bidens. That's Vivek Ramaswamy. A brief detour from the Biden stories. Van Jones the other day saw the last GOP debate. He was talking about how scared he was looking at Vivek Ramaswamy, that he was literally shaking because, and I'm paraphrasing again, because Ramaswamy is young and he's going to be around for the next 50 years. This is what he said. You've got this character who's on the rise, who's of an American demagogue who's going to live 50 years longer than Trump. This is dangerous. I am shaking. Ramaswamy has answered back. He suggested Van Jones, ST, blank, U. Many of you know the acronym. And that is what Ramaswamy's answer is to Van Jones of CNN. It's not some detailed point by point. He's just like, just ST blank you. So, yeah, there's Biden poll news and it is not good. In fact, it is so not good that even Biden is getting a little annoyed now. 1982 on this day, Hall of Notes, start a four-week run at number one. Their fifth Number one, 
And this was, believe it or not, one of their biggest hits. What do you mean, believe it or not? This is an awesome well, of song. All the, of all the songs that they did, though, I would expect that maybe Sarah's smile would have been bigger than this. Hey, it's upbeat, it's catchy. Well, it's midbeat, I'd say. Private eyes. But this one is their biggest. You're a rich girl. I think this is my favorite of them. It is? It is. That's why I took it a bit personal. Sorry about that. That's all right with me. We, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> all, all good. Man Eater. Number one on this day in 1982. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1971, my friends, T-Rex breaks into the big leagues. Their first number one album. They had five albums prior. The album Electric Warrior. Of course, it had this one, Get It On. I always thought the title of this was Bang A Gong, but no, Get It On, T-Rex. It is Bang A Gong with Get It On in parentheses. Aha. So they're both right. Okay, then. That's a good thing. Thank you, Diego. Um, you know what? I want to head to the telephones, but I want to just go through this really quickly. Biden's approval ratings are at a record low. 34% of Americans say they, well, respondents to the poll, say that they approve of his job performance. This was a Monmouth University poll, and that comes in be, below a Wall Street Journal poll that found Biden at 37% of approval rating. The Monmouth poll also has Joe Biden, as you know, or may know because you keep hearing it, trailing President Trump in a hypothetical matchup. Now, to me, the poll quote in this story, three in 10 Americans, only three in 10, 30%, say that Joe Biden is giving enough attention to the issues that matter most to them. And what are those issues? Number one, inflation. 68%. 68% say they disapprove of the way that Joe Biden is performing with the economy, with inflation. 69% even higher disapprove of his performance on immigration matters. And 54% 
disapprove of his performance on climate change. Now, that could be a mixture of people who don't think he's doing enough and people who think he's doing way too much with this uh, Green New Deal stuff. Additionally, another 53% disapprove of his performance on creation of jobs, unemployment. 52% disapprove of his performance on transportation and energy infrastructure. Hey, Pete Buttigieg, what does that say about your performance? Now, Democrats, half, 50%, half, half of Democrats do not approve of Joe Biden's handling of immigration. 62% of Democrats have had their dose of the Kool-Aid and they approve of how he's handling immigration. Uh, I'm sorry, inflation. Makes you wonder if they ever visit the grocery store. Now, there's a big article in the Amazon Prime Washington Post today. Joe Biden said to be increasingly frustrated by his dismal poll numbers. He has stern words for his inner circle, his aides, He wants to know what his team and his campaign are doing about his low poll numbers. He says his economic message had done little to move the ball. He says the economy's growing, unemployment's falling, and doesn't understand why people don't get it. They don't get it, Mr. Biden, because they go into the grocery store. They shop. They see what you've done. That's why. And do we have to even explain to you what is going on with immigration? They see the pictures. Even that governor of of uh, of of uh, Arizona is now complaining about the thousands of people pouring in, just walking in through her state in Arizona. Even she, and she's a diehard uber liberal. Even she's complaining. Okay, phones. Let's get to some calls here. Jason in New Jersey, you're up first. Boston Liberties Rest Hour. How are you today? Thank you, James. Thank you. I, I want to make a statement and ask you a question. The statement is this. I wrote something down. There could be only one. Trump 2025. Reason why I wrote 2025, because if you add 20 and 25, it's 45. Trump was the 45th president. He will be the 47th president. I know that. You can take that to the bank. My question is, do you think that is a good statement to make? Now, I heard Trump saying he uh, is going to say 2025. I heard him say that a couple times. Well, here's the thing that I have learned, low these many years of observing American politics, and in fact, being interested in politics around the world. It is a dangerous thing to handicap a presidential race, regardless of what you think the popularity of a given person is, because circumstances that you are unaware of could get in the way. Now, what is Donald Trump facing? He's facing a massive onslaught from a weaponized, biased judicial system 
that has nothing to do with the law. Recently, Congressman from New York, Dan Goldman, made a public call for Donald Trump to be assassinated. Uh, that's not the first time these people have actually opened their mouths and wished death on him. We don't know. Anybody that was looking, by the way, in 1968, prior to the Los Angeles, to the California primary, would have said that Robert Kennedy had the momentum, and it looked like he would be the Democrat nominee. Republicans looked particularly weak, so there were people at this point, and this, I believe, is before Kennedy surged at this point in the campaign, but when he began surging, people believed that Robert Kennedy looked unstoppable. He was stopped. He never made it out of the primary season. Sadly, we have seen other instances where what we thought was a lock turned out not to be a lock. So believe me, I understand your sentiment. Believe me, I get it. And anyone that has listened to me long-term knows how I feel about Donald Trump. But I will not handicap the presidential race this early because anything in politics can happen. And in our country has had a history of things happening. I remember when of the other Kennedy and the remember remember the media was in love with the Kennedy family. The Kennedys were they told us all the time American royalty. We have our own royalty, the Kennedy family. I remember when Ted Kennedy sat down, he had challenged James Earl Carter, Jimmy Car- Jimma. He said, we're going to beat Jimma. Now, Jimma didn't take that lying down. Jimma's a church-going man. Jimma didn't raise his voice too much. Jimma, or Jimma Carter, that Jimma Carter, I'll tell you what, that God-fearing man, wasn't trying to be a nasty kind of man. He said he was going to do good. He was he going to be a different kind of president, give away the Panama Canal, do all kind of things that American presidents wouldn't do. I remember when Jimmy was running. Jimmy said, I will, I will never lie to you. And, oh, boy, coming after Watergate, that resonated with so many people. I remember I was a kid then. And I was like, I remember coming home, and, Ma, did you hear what that guy Carter said, he's never going to lie. What kind of president, who does he think is going to buy that? Plenty of people bought it. Gemma came out of nowhere and was elected president. But then the royalty, Ted Kennedy, said enough is enough. I'm from Bastion. I'm from the Kennedy family, the royal family of America. I'm going to run against old Gemma. Gemma lost his cool for a moment. I'll never forget this headline either. Jim Carter said, this was a quote, it's near a quote, I don't have the in front of me, but he said, I'll whip his ass. And at the time, that was shocking, coming from Jimmy Carter. So, Ted Kennedy does a debate. Uh, he does an appearance on 60 Minutes. I th- it was it Roger Mudd that was the, uh, it was one of the known CBS anchors was the host of this. And 
he asked Ted Kennedy one question that sealed Ted Kennedy's political fate. He asked Ted Kennedy, why do you want to be president? Now, Ted Kennedy should have been able to smack that one out of the park. It's a softball. He fumbled around. He mumbled. He, 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 he could not definitively answer the question. The race was effectively over. No one could have predicted that. But it happened. Which is why I don't, I don't handicap them. Why are we playing this one, Diego? We are playing this one from the tokens because on this day in 1961, it started a three-week run at number one in the U.S. singles chart. Yeah, the lion. That's what they used to call Ted. That's what they call Ted Kennedy, the lion of the Senate. Really? Yep. The lion sleeps tonight. Time to check in with Lou Dobbs. More of your calls coming up. Stay right where you are. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. 1970. DMX, Earl Simmons is born. First recording artist to debut an album at number one five times in a row on Billboard 200 charts. Sold over 74 million records worldwide. Passed away age 50. Cause of death, cocaine-induced heart attack. But had a good run, eh? James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's go to Al in Yonkers. Al, you're up. What's on your mind this afternoon? Yeah, hi, Bo. You know, I just wanted to say I hope former President Trump really does well in New Hampshire. Uh, politically, I'm not a fan of Governor Sununu. Uh, he has a real problem with the former president. He's up there with Mitt Romney. They're always bashing the president. So I think if the president wins New Hampshire, that's only uh, Nikki Haley's only chance, because as we move south, uh, that's the president's uh, stronghold. Well, don't forget South Carolina when we move south. That is Nikki Haley's power base. And she does have a get-out-the-vote machine in South Carolina. Now, a lot of the news stories this week are saying, oh, miraculous, Nikki is surging in New Hampshire. What they, and then later on they said, well, you know, Trump is still leading. So we'll see how that all plays out. Of course, Sununu did endorse her, and you're right about Sununu and his attacks on Donald Trump, never ending. The real New Hampshire story is going to be not Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, as important as that is. It's going to be Joe Biden, who's not on the ballot in New Hampshire because of this let's get rid of white people in the early voting 
policy that the Democrats came up. Oh, it's too white. Let's move it down the Carolinas and get rid of New Hampshire. New Hampshire did not go along with it. Biden is not there. This could be a, a political mistake that could come back to bite Joe Biden in the rear end. Gary, thank you for the call out. Gary in Staten Island. How are you? Take a page from the Rush Limbaugh playbook and encourage anti-war Democrats, you know, like the protesters, right? The young people. Uh, you might not like them uh, 100%, but you can get them to vote for Bobby Kennedy Jr. So you're referring to Russia's Operation Chaos. And Russia initially, by the way, there was a movie made about the premise of Operation Chaos because it was so effective in the first Obama presidential race. Now, Operation Chaos, Rush urged Republicans to sign up as Democrats and vote for Hillary Clinton to extend the race after Obama started surging, and they did, and she did. Drained a lot of resources. And so Operation Chaos was, by all accounts, a success. This wouldn't quite be the same as Operation Chaos because Biden and RFK are not in the same party. But there are a lot of people who who could potentially perhaps be swayed over into RFK's camp. So interesting idea. Sandra in New Jersey, you're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Good evening, James. I wanted to point out the difference between two presidents and their leadership qualities. Like if we take Biden, I think we all agree that he can't handle the pressure from the squad, right? Now, President Nixon, he wanted to help Israel very, very much, and he wanted to send these black boxes. And and what these black boxes would do, it would make the SA-7 anti-aircraft rockets not work. So he had pressure against Schlesinger, the secretary. He had pressure against Kissinger. But he said, you know what? I got to do the right thing. And he sent these black boxes in 1973 with the Yom Kippur War. He sent them to Israel. They learned how to use it. And you know what? Those anti-aircraft rockets never worked again after they got the black boxes. So I'm just trying to show you how one president handled pressure from great figures. And, and, I'm not, and these other girls or young women I'm just saying he can't handle their pressure. Do you think I'm wrong or right? I do not think you're wrong. In fact, there's a day, it's not just the young girls in the squad, it's the entire left, including fake conservatives. Like if you read the Amazon Prime Washington Post today, there's a column from Max Boot, supposedly conservative. And Max Boot is just licking the, I'll stop it. Um, Let me just, he's being very favorable to the idea that Netanyahu is giving Joe Biden a hard time, which is absolutely ludicrous. So, yes, you have a great point. Robert, I wanted to get to Robert. We're going to be out of time. So hopefully, Robert, if you get through tomorrow, I'll try to grab you first. And uh, those of you on hold that we couldn't get to, sorry about that. Tom just flees so quickly. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Coming close to Christmas. Yes, we are. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. And God willing, we will be back tomorrow and do it all again. A week from today, Christmas. Yay. See you later.
拜。